0: Welcome back to another amazing edition of Market Impact Insights. You know, on this podcast series, which is all about helping people make a positive impact every day, we've talked a lot about innovation, innovation that fuels business growth. And research has shown there's a real relationship between healthy minds, the kind of minds that are driving that innovation uh, and into that business growth, as well as a healthy body In terms of what you put into your body, in terms of food and beverage, the two really come together. And today, we're going to look at a true entrepreneurial success story that has really been about helping people think more about what they do put into their body through healthy food choices that helps them achieve more in their life, be it personal or professional goals. And our guest today is Wiley Mullins. Wiley is founder and president of Uncle Wiley's Incorporated, a manufacturer of a complete line of seasonings and spice blends that help create delicious home foods. Uncle Wiley's has achieved multi million dollar sales and gained distribution through some of the leading food retailers in the US, including Kroger. Wiley is also someone that I've known for about 30 years. He served as a mentor and a motivator early in my marketing career. And it's really been a treasure to have uh, Wiley and our friendship over the years. And it's also thrilling to have him join the podcast. Wiley, thanks again for joining.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's good to talk to you again.
0: So, Wiley, I'd like to kind of roll the clock back, go back uh, into your youth and your upbringing. Because obviously, you've had a, a real business success in marketing and, and starting your own company, uh, and you've really dedicated your life to uh, really the food uh, that that we all consume and helping us make better choices. And I'm wondering what what really prompted that. Was that something uh, that you were really interested in early on uh, in terms of the food aspect of it, in terms of going into to running a business related to that? Can you take us back and just uh, walk us through that a little bit?
1: Sure. Um, I grew up in Alabama and, um, if most people probably recognize that Southerners love that good Southern cooking. And, uh, it's not always the best food to be eating because it tastes great, but it also can uh, impact your health negatively. And I knew a lot of people who just live that good old fashioned Southern lifestyle. And uh, they had uh, put on weight uh, uh, so much so that it was it was starting to impact their health and uh, when I looked around and thought about starting a business, I wanted to do something to impact that and so the best thing that I could come up with was to create a line of flavor enhancers that allowed uh, the consumer to uh enjoy their food with the taste that they wanted, but it was lower in fat, calories, and cholesterol. And so that's what we set out to do, and that's what we've been doing for the past, as Dan said, almost 30 years. Wow. And, and, and I also
0: want to give you credit, though, that prior to jumping in, so rather than just going out and starting on your own, you really gained valuable experience in, in the larger corporate setting, right, in terms of traditional consumer packaged goods. You got an MBA from Duke, you you gained valuable experience. How did that help set the stage for you to where you felt you could be successful kind of going out on your own?
1: Well, you know, my first job out of college, Dan, was working for Lipton, Thomas J. Lipton, our Lipton Tea Company. Uh, I was a sales representative down in the New Orleans area. And again, uh, Louisiana is another state that uh, has more than 60% of their residents, adult residents either overweight or obese. And uh, I really saw the problem there so much so. It was just so amplified. And uh, I remember going away to business school uh, thinking about this often. And once I got into the corporate setting, uh, people thought about it but they thought about it from more of a profitability standpoint. And and I just really wanted to create something that was a win-win for everybody. It was a win-win for the retailer because he or she can sell products. It was a win-win for the consumer that they're buying a product or products that can improve their health. So that was the whole goal behind it.
0: You know, I, as I've seen you out uh, in your public speaking, um, really spreading the word about you know these great tasting and good for you seasonings. Uh, you've acquired a nickname of the Salad Man. What's behind that?
1: Yes. Um, we uh, created a line of seasonings for salads back in 2008, thinking that if consumers would just eat more raw vegetables, that at least once a day, they could really get closer to the recommended daily, suggested daily uh, consumption pattern of, of fresh fruits and vegetables. And so uh, I wrote a cookbook, uh, which uh, entitled Salad Makes the Meal. And we had breakfast salads, main meal salads, dessert salads, side salads, you know, all kinds of salads for every day part. And um, that's how I became the salad man. I talked about vegetables and fruits until nobody would listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about eat more salad, right? Yeah, salads was a real convenient way to uh, a, a serving size is is not that uh, small at all. Yeah, and and as all of this was happening too,
0: Wiley, you were also undergoing your own personal transformation, weren't you? You know, in terms of just a healthier lifestyle, oh, yeah. weight and all of that. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, you know what? I went to the gym every day, Dan, but nothing was happening. And then I really discovered it wasn't exercise wasn't the issue. It was the food that I was consumed, consuming, the foods that I was consuming. And so I wanted to really get a sense of what foods were like um, that didn't take very long to prepare but because i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't manage and so um i decided i wanted to i had to be the best example for myself so i continued to work out in the gym but i changed my consumption patterns of food and i didn't necessarily cut down on the amount of food consumed but I changed my patterns on the types of foods and how they were prepared. And that allowed me to lose over 45, 50 pounds, really. Wow, wow. And how did that also uh, help you as you um,
0: shifted over to your work life? Um, did, did you see a real difference in terms of the energy that you were able to bring into that and just kind of overall how you were, you were able to manage that part of your day?
1: Oh, yeah. I could definitely see the, the energy. And then it was great to know that if I wanted to, it was just great to know that if I wanted to uh, eat uh, more, I just had to be more selective in the types of foods that I ate. And uh, it's tricks like that that allows you to understand. I mean, like carbs, for instance. Have been made to be uh, public enemy number one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> down on the carbs, right? Yeah, yeah. And I cut them out, but I like potatoes. I like bread. I like rice. I love corn. I had to realize I just couldn't, you know, eat those items until I, exhaustively. I just had to be selective. If I, if I wanted bread, it might be just a half a slice. It might just be a half a cup of mashed potatoes. Just to just to get the taste, but I couldn't just eat those uh, without any kind of restrictions. And I think that's something a lot of people did not know.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm going to join you in the carb club. Uh, Home baked bread, uh, I'm I I'm something I just love. But again, it's all about uh, healthy balance and moderation, right? In terms of what yeah, you're yeah. taking in.
1: It's balance, yeah. and it's also, and you really need to exercise too. To help burn up, burn off some of the uh, calories that you're intaking, um, but uh, you'll you you can you can lose five pounds uh, in a week or two very quickly just by changing your patterns.
0: So Wiley, you've been in the food industry for decades, and it is known as a very fiercely competitive marketplace. It's it's fighting for shelf space in those quality distribution points. Um, And, but over time, how have you seen the industry change? And, and certainly as technology has become more advanced, you know, what role has that played in terms of how you've been able to uh, achieve success and grow uncle Wiley's?
1: Mm. -hmm. Yes. Uh, You know, Dan, I gotta tell you, uh, someone, someone was asking me recently, You've been in business now 27 years. How did a little company that just spring up, you just don't think about? You just don't think about uh, survival. You just come to work every day and work. That's what I did when I first started out. I didn't have a single customer. I had inventory in the warehouse. I literally would go on Sunday afternoons to the street fairs in New York City and sell myself on the street until people said, "Hey." You need to uh, get this in the stores, and uh, that's how it all started. Uh, My first clients were in New York State as a result of my exposure at the food at the trade uh, uh, street fairs in New York City.
0: So early on, it was all about people and relationships. It was just getting a a presence,
1: right? It is. It is. I mean, um, you know, college teaches you how to how to do things, uh, but uh, sometimes you have to uh, really create how you execute. And so that's how we execute it. That's how we became known. People were saying this should be in the stores. And uh, that gave us a great entree.
0: Yeah, really a grassroots kind of effort and so as things started to accelerate and you you needed to expand your inventory um i'm sure you took a look at how how to create more efficiency in your operations and your processes Um, were there uh, with uh, technology and tools that uh, were really important for you um beyond just the people aspect of it what what were some of the things that really helped you um, become even more efficient right and achieve greater financial success
1: well, you have to really understand forecasting because every entrepreneur thinks everybody in the world wants their product. And you have to become very realistic to realize that um, uh, that's not the case. Uh, a lot of people, when they make their mistake early on in their entrepreneurial uh, ventures, is that they load their warehouses down with lots and lots and lots of products. And I think that's a, that can be um, a bank account killer because you've got all this inventory and nobody buying it. And uh, it's much easier um, to go back to someone and say, hey, we've sold out, as opposed to not have a customer at all. In other words, if someone orders and you can't fulfill an order because you're sold out. That's one thing, but if you got a warehouse full of product that's not selling, that's something totally different. And um, people realize, particularly if you're a smaller company starting out the gate, they realize that things may not be like they like. You know, you, your process might be take a little longer, or uh, whatever. Uh, people tend to work with you in this industry. So it's really the discipline
0: to try to be as precise as possible. It's it's the forward planning, right? Because that can have huge impacts on the back end, oh, right? Yeah. If you don't if you don't put the effort in, right? It just has big financial back end negative impacts.
1: Well, then think about it. Um, when you make a product, you got to ship it in the case. So that's the card. You got the packaging you got to create which is developed from artwork, right? Then you got the ingredients in the product that's got to be, in that case, blended together. And then uh, all of that. So you've got a pretty sizable investment uh, out there before you even have your first dollar in sale. Uh, you've got to have, you really have got to discipline. And that's why I tell people, you know, don't, Early on, just make the bare minimums just so you can build a business up and you'll know. Uh, Because once people want your item, uh, that's the biggest part of it.
0: Yeah, It's creating that organic uh, demand and kind of the customer pressure back through the retail channels uh, to to really drive it. And have you seen the retailers, have they become – more intelligent uh, in terms of uh, just their use of analytics and data? Has that changed the conversation, Wiley, uh, as someone who is trying to work through and gain presence, you know, in your
1: channel? It, It has changed the conversation. But one of the issues that will probably always be an issue is that in particularly in this industry, you have some very, very large players that are, you know, billion dollars in sales of all their products. But they, they also have the resources to, uh, spend a lot of money in advertisements, advertising on TV and Facebook and, and LinkedIn and all of these, uh, venues. And so, and they also have the ability to pay advertising, uh, fees, uh, to vendors to get them to put their products up in the store. We can't afford to do that we have to have some we have to create a product that people want and you know they can't necessarily go get a sister product or a companion product that uh that 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 could go along with that so independently you've got to have something that people want and um, we just created a, a demand for our item um, uh, by really exposure more than anything, awareness uh, in certain target communities. And that was, that's be very good for us.
0: Yeah, you know, in thinking about uh, smaller companies, smaller brand, trying to grow awareness, competing with big budgets, um, global brands that have um, really, you know, deep recognition, you know, a lot of this, and you mentioned early on, it was about relationships, establishing trust, uh, developing those relationships. So we hear the term customer-focused uh, thrown about all the time. For you, Wiley, what has that meant in terms of being able to be more successful? Your focus on the customer, are there some things specifically that that have made a difference for you?
1: We, absolutely. Um, first of all, um, we created what I consider to be a very strong positioning statement. And a positioning statement has three components to it. Uh, your target audience, your frame of reference, and your point of difference. And so early on, we created uh, what we feel like was a position statement that was narrow enough, but yet broader enough to really reach out to several consumer segments. Uh, our, our primary primarily target audience is uh, Southerners uh, who uh, like Southern ethnic foods, Secondarily would be your health conscious people uh, who are uh, wanting to eat more natural, but they don't know how to prepare the foods like collards or turnip greens or that type of thing. So we have seasonings that allow them to get the flavor they want, but without adding the fat, calories, and cholesterol that they don't want to have. So, yes, I see that. Um, You know, we've got customers, but we we have to be very specific on really identifying them and pursuing them. And that position statement, our position statement, Dan, went something like this. To lovers of regional and ethnic foods, which means people who like Chinese food, people who like Southern food, people who like Italian food. Wiley's is the line of healthy Southern food that's easy to prepare. And, uh, you know, easy to prepare being a point of difference that was um, uh, important to that consumer. Uh, It's not, some southerners cook these very foods all day long and uh, that's a long time. You don't have to cook them that long. And that's some of the things that we've talked about over the years that I think has really helped people.
0: It's really understanding who you are, your reason for being, and then having those specific benefits, right? The differentiators and the benefits. Um, so yeah, the, the positioning statement, really powerful um, for you. So Wiley, uh, you've grown this business from literally ground zero. You say you started with no customers, no revenue. You've grown this now into a million dollar brand and with more growth on the way. Do you have any other advice for business leaders that are seeking to break away from the competition and achieve growth? You know, Perhaps they started small. They're trying to grow, get to another level. Uh, what, what advice would you have for them?
1: You know, I would tell them to really focus in on, on something that you can be known for. In our case, it's our green seasoning. We started the green seasoning category. That didn't even exist then. And we started out in 1992. And now we've got three or four competitors that have have come out with their own version of green seasoning, but we're still number one in the country. And what's great, it's somewhat flattering when you have other people that want to take your ideas and develop them. (laughs) So I would tell people, instead of trying to be all things to all people, identify something that you can just zone in on and you can blow it up from there, right?
0: Yeah. Focus is really what you're saying. Focus and then achieve excellence by having greater focus around, uh, you know, where where your best sweet spot or where your best opportunity is.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wiley, thanks again uh, for joining. This is a bi-coastal edition. I'm beaming from Seattle. You're joining from Connecticut. So it is coast to coast. Thanks for connecting sharing your insights on the success uh, that Uncle Wiley's has achieved and where can people go to learn more about Uncle Wiley's?
1: You know what? I think the best uh, best, best, place to go is probably our website. And that's Uncle Wiley's, that's spelled W-I-L-E-Y-S dot com.
0: Sounds great. Well, thanks again for joining.
1: It's been great, Dan. And uh, I thank you and uh, I just wish you well.
0: And a reminder to our listeners, if you like this podcast, please make sure you go out, rate, and review. It's very easy to do out on iTunes. Um, Your feedback is very much appreciated. And be sure to check out marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.